All right, let's go ahead and wind it down. We'll get started. So good to see everybody here this morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. So excited to come and worship and go through God's Word. I don't want to brag, but I did have a sonic slushy yesterday, and so I'm pretty excited. It was good. You need something to make it through this 105 heat, right? It's just so much. We have our elementary children also with us over the summer and, uh, and a guide for us at the back. Man, we want, you know, it's okay if kids are running around. Like, this is where we are right now. And so just know uh, it's so fun to uh, get into God's Word uh, with you this morning. We're going to study 1 Corinthians, and uh, we're going to finish off our little mini-series on spiritual gifts, right? It's been kind of fun, little mini-series. Spiritual gifts, they're not talents or hobbies that when you believe in Jesus, you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, and He comes with gifts, like gift of teaching and wisdom and leadership, administration and mercy, just like what they were talking about earlier. And we want to we want to learn those gifts so that chapter 12, we saw like a general overview. Chapter 13, we saw the purpose of spiritual gifts. Chapter 14, the first half, last Sunday, we saw how do spiritual gifts work themselves out in a worship service. And, and then this morning, is I'll be honest with you, a lot of times when people study through 1 Corinthians, they usually just skip the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, they're just like, we've you know, three weeks on spiritual gifts, that's enough. Let's get to the resurrection in chapter 15. But we want to study God's Word, even the uncomfortable parts of God's Word, and, and uh, because we believe in going verse by verse through God's Word. So for those of you who aren't aware, you can skim it, verse, uh, verses 26 to 40, chapter 14. The difficult part will jump out to you. Uh, but we're going to try to jump into that, and that's my introduction. If that doesn't get you excited about what we're going to study uh, this morning, I don't know what will, but uh, let's jump into it. Chapter uh, 14, 1 Corinthians uh, pull up a Bible on your phone, grab our devotional in the back. Verse 26, I'll read, you follow along. It says, the Apostle Paul writes, What is the outcome then, brothers and sisters? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. All things are to be done for edification. So 1 Corinthians, it's written by the Apostle Paul. He started a church in Corinth. Corinth is a bustling city. People are moving to Corinth from all over the world, just like our city of Austin. Have you noticed? People are coming to Austin from all over the world. So in our city of Austin, we have you know, rich people and poor people and educated and uneducated and black and white, Hispanic, Asian, Arab. Like, and then what happens is people come to faith in Jesus, even in Austin. People come to faith in Jesus. And then what Scripture is teaching us this morning is like no matter your background economically or uh, ethnically or stage of life, like the purpose when we gather together is right there at the end that all things are to be done for edification. That's a big word. It means encouragement. It means the building up of the body of Christ. So last Sunday, we introduced this phrase, nwig, bwig, right? It's just fun to say. But when you show up on a Sunday morning, when you gather for worship, it's not about what you get, right? It's not about what you get. It's about what you give. That's what, that's what our passage is teaching us last Sunday and this Sunday. It's about what we can contribute, that we've learned uh, we have spiritual gifts. Uh, there are different types of spiritual gifts within the body of a church family, and we don't want to hold those close, but we want to unleash those gifts. So when, when you show up on a Sunday morning, it's not about what you get. 
And it's not about the song that you want to sing or the person you want to see or the coffee you want to drink or the passage of Scripture that you want to study, but that you have a chance to, to give like, to the body of Christ. Like, I don't know about you, but I just don't naturally think about other people. Maybe you don't want to hear that from your pastor, but I, I don't spond- I'm not spontaneously other-centered. I'm spontaneously self-centered. Like, I spontaneously think about, what do I like? What do I want? Where do I want to go, right? Me, me, me. I love myself. I have my picture on my shelf, right? We think about ourselves, but what Scripture's teaching us is that we're not called to come together and think about ourselves. We're called to come together to, to give towards others. And so, if you just take a little bit of time, this is what I have to do, a little bit of time on a Sunday morning, minutes of just asking the Spirit of God, will you help me give like, help me think about who I'm going to talk to, Lord. Help me think about who, uh, what they told me last week, that text they sent me, that thing I saw in an email, that thing going on in their family, that area of service that needs to be done. Will you help me think about so that when we walk through the doors, it's nwigwig. It's not about what we get, but it's about what we give, whether it's 1% or 20% or 100%. But when all those percentages come together, to the glory of God. It's what makes the local church beautiful. But that doesn't happen if we don't prepare. That's what he's, he's talking about this morning. Look at verses 27 to 28. He says, If anyone speaks in a tongue, it must be by two, or at the most three, and each one in turn, and one is to interpret. But if there is no interpreter, he is to keep silent in church and have him speak to himself and to God. So, we walk through tongues, the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. Last Sunday, you can go on YouTube. We're not going to do that this morning. I want you to see the overarching theme of our passage. It's preparation. It's order. It's clarity. Right? Write that in your devotional. Write that in your Bible. Write these things down. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, remember, he's talking about specifically the context is a worship service. So imagine in a worship service, you don't want eight different people talking at the same time, it's hard enough to focus on what I'm saying. Can you imagine at the same time if somebody's like, turn to Joel, turn to Ecclesiastes, turn to 1 John, turn to Matthew. You're just like, that's what he's like. So he says, two people, three at the most. Like, just like rein it in. It's about clarity and worship. And it's not just about clarity and order for the worship just for the sake of clarity and order but it's about clarity and order so that we have every possibility every chance to hear about God's glory to be in awe of his glory and to respond to his glory does that make sense I think it's possible that we could push back on that a little bit you're in Austin I don't know if you know this but Austin generically is like anti-corporation you know, we're all about the mom-and-pop shop, right? We're all about organic. You, maybe you don't like the idea that there's been planning for our worship service this morning, right? Generally speaking, we like the idea of, like, we're just, we're just listening to the Spirit, man. Like, there's no agenda. We're just, like, but think about that. Like, before you push back on order and clarity too much, like, there's other parts of life that we want order and clarity, Think about like with our politicians. Like remember when our politicians used to be organized and clear? Like it's a circus now. Like, like in the, we're well, not the 90s. I mean, but if you just, 
I mean, I don't know when, but at some point, surely politics, politics was order. Like they just stand up, they said something, nobody cared, and we went about our day. But now it's a circus, right? We want order and clarity with our politicians. When you talk about our health care, right? When you go to a hospital, you don't want them winging it, right? You don't want the doctors and nurses rolling in off 6th Street with bloodshot eyes like, I don't know. Like, let's just try it. Like, no, no. I want somebody who's had a good night's rest. Like, I want somebody who doesn't need a Red Bull to make it through the day. Like, I want somebody who remembers what they studied in school. And the only thing they're thinking about is my health, right? We want order and clarity. It's the same way with the worship service. Even more so for a worship service. Or we want order and clarity on a Sunday morning, not just so that we can be rigid, but so that we can hear about God's glory and respond to God's glory. That's why we plan out our, our teachings. If you don't know this, if you're new this morning, like this is our devotional. We created this a year ago. This is where we're going. You can go to next Sunday's date and see what we're going to talk about next Sunday. Right now we're finishing uh, hopefully in the month of August, we'll have all next 12 months to August 2024. And so as a new visitor, you can be like, what's this church going to talk about? And you can scan and you can see exactly why are we organized? Why do we plan? Right, because we want a best chance for the family of God to see God's glory and respond to God's glory. Do you know Jasmine, our worship leader? She plans out the songs months in advance. Months in advance. You know how good that is to our church family? That months in advance that musicians and singers, they know when they're singing on what Sunday. Months in advance, and they know what they're singing. So they're not just standing up here and just playing notes like, I hope you know the one I'm about to play. Like, No, like, we, want it, we want order. We want clarity. Sometimes people think that when I'm teaching on a Sunday morning that this is just off the top of my head. <laughs> Like, I've just been sitting there, and I'm like, I think I'm going to talk about this today. Like, no. Like, months in advance, it was planned. And then on Monday, I sit down, I open the devotional. I'm like, what's the passage? And I start studying it and wrestling with it and removing and tightening. I want, because I want every chance possible that what you hear this morning is not me, that I kind of disappear. And what you hear is God's glory, and you respond to him. It doesn't mean we're anti-spontaneity. Like, don't hear that. Like, we actually believe that it's the planning and the preparation that actually unleashes the spontaneity. Does that make sense? Because now we know. We know the lane that we're running in. We all know what direction we're going in. And so now, Lord, move, right? That's, that's what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look at verses 29 to 33. He says, have two or three prophets speak and have the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one is to keep silent for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. That means encouraged, right? And the spirits of prophets are subject. They submit themselves to other prophets in the local church. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of 
the saints. So I want you to see the repetition this morning. Right, he's not just picking on the gift of tongues. All right? He's saying there's order and clarity in the gift of prophecy also. Uh, you don't want just people proclaiming God's word. I got something to say. Like, you don't want that just sporadically. You want order. And it's not just in tongues and prophecies. It's really in all the spiritual gifts. Well, we don't want gifts of leadership and mercy and administration just running around administrating they, the way they think they should. We want order and clarity, right? In addition, this is the second time we've seen the phrase keep silent. I want you to see that. It's the second time. We're going to see it three times in our passage this morning overall, right? And, and it's possible you could see that language and it could rub you wrong a little bit. Like, keep silent. Actually, in the, in the original language, it, it means stop talking. So it's even a little stronger, right? And so it's just like, stop talking, right? That kind of just, I don't know about you, but it just like, it, but you need to remember a few things, right? First thing is when you see that phrase, keep silent, it's not because the Apostle Paul is some tyrant. Like, nobody talk while I'm talking, right? Just listen, shut up. That's, it's not, he's not trying to oppress the people and like, just be heavy-handed when you see that phrase. I mean, you know that because in the context, chapters 12, 13, and 14 about spiritual gifts, all he's been doing is unleash them, right? I mean, he's not trying to push people down. He's, he's trying to build them up, but let's be organized about it so that we hear God's glory. The second thing, when you see that charge to keep silent, he's actually introducing in our passage right there, 29 to 33, he's introducing a discerning process. He's introducing a process to discern between truth and error. You should really write that down. It's a, it's a process to discern. And you see it at the end of verse 29 when he uses the, the language right there. He says, to have others pass judgment. Do you see that right before verse 30? Maybe that, maybe that sounds funny. You're like, pass judgment in church? I thought we weren't supposed to. <laughs> I thought this was a judge-free zone. I thought that we weren't supposed to judge one another, but the judgment in the original language, that word there, it's not judgment of condemnation, it's judgment of examination. Does that make sense? It's not not judging a person for their outward appearances or how much money they make or where they went to school. It's examining, like, what exactly is this person saying, right? Is Is it consistent with God's word? Is it consistent with what I know about God's character, right? That's good. We do this in other areas of life. Before we leave our children at, at somebody's house, we're, we're judging, we're examining. Is this a safe place for my children, right? That's a, good, that's a good examining. So in verse 32, that spirits of prophets are subject to prophets, right? They're weighing. Maybe that's a better word for you. They're weighing. What did that person say? Let's weigh it. Is it consistent with God's word, right? Because you wouldn't want somebody in a church family just hijacking the worship service. Listen to me, because I'm the pastor. Nobody talk. I'm talking, right? No, right? No, it's a, it's a discerning process that he's introducing in verses 29 to 33. In our church family, we don't do this same discerning process letter for letter, but we still involve the same principle. I mean, it's why we put God's word on the television. We want you to listen we want you to read. We want you to examine, to weigh. What are they saying? What are they singing about? Write things down. 
ask questions, right? Uh, we, we, we have community groups, groups that meet throughout the week in a smaller context like this. Like, you're not going to go to a group and find one person dominating the conversation, talking all the time. That's not the purpose of the group, right? We're trying to live out this principle where multiple people are talking. Multiple people are like, well, I think maybe this, and they're weighing, right? They're judging, they're examining what exactly is, is being communicated, even in a worship service like this, like we don't want people just spouting off talking like at the same time for the sake of order, but it, uh, I'm assuming there's questions. You can come talk to me. Or we have elders. Or you can email elders at North Village Church, and, and you can ask questions like, hey, what do, what do I think about what's going on in that passage? Like we don't want that just for our church family. Like As a follower of Jesus, we want that in like every area of life. Like As you watch movies... You should be asking questions. What's the message of this movie? As you listen to songs, as you take in the news, is that consistent with God's word? Where is it contradicting God's word? As you speak to your spouse, as you raise up children, as we speak to one another, right? We, we don't follow it letter for letter, but we do follow the same principle of a weighing, discerning process. So that's the hard attitude behind keep silent. It's not to oppress, but it's to create order and clarity. Now we're going to go to verses 34 to 36, and we're going to get to practice in real live activity of weighing, of judging, and examining what we're talking about this morning, and we get to do it together. So take a, take a deep breath. Verse 34, the women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak but are to subject themselves, just as the law also says. If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God first went out, or has it come to you only? So let's just sit in that for a second. Take a deep breath. All right, you see why people just skip that passage now, right? All right, so I just want to acknowledge, right, we have new visitors here this morning. This is the first time you've come to North Village Church. You don't know me. And so I just want to acknowledge, like, that's pretty, that's pretty jarring to see on a screen. I get that. Like, we don't talk about gender identity every Sunday, right? This is... This is just the passage that we came to in the book of 1 Corinthians. I thought about skipping it, <laughs> but I thought this is in God's word, and, and so I, I think there's something good to get from our passage this morning, and, and so we're, we're going to try to dig that out of our passage. Even if you've been in our church family for a while, as a, as a female or a male, I just want to acknowledge that it's, that's uncomfortable to read on a screen. Especially we have younger, younger eyes here. I'm just like, what? I just want to acknowledge that. It's uncomfortable. Um, maybe, maybe some of us didn't even know those words were in the Bible. And so for the first time today, you're realizing, like, that's in the Bible? That's uncomfortable. Or maybe you saw these verses, like, on a TikTok. Ugh. You know, and it's like, Gotcha. The Bible's misogynistic, 
and you're like, I don't even know what to do with that. Maybe that's why you've always been kind of skeptical of the Bible, maybe kept it at a distance. All right, so I just, I want you to know, like, we're not anti-women in our church family. Right? We have women greeting, we have uh, women praying, we have women leading us in worship, women doing announcements, women sharing testimonies. Like, we have women in, in, in many parts of our church family, and so God's word is not anti-women. Uh, and so what I want to do this morning, so could skip it, but what I want to do instead is, is to acknowledge, like, hey, these are some of the objections. I tried to identify the three most common objections of why you should skip it, why you should ignore the passage, and then I want to respond to those objections. I'll try to do it as quick as I can. And then I want to try to walk through how and why I think that passage could be beneficial for, to, for us today in 2023, yeah? So don't check out on me just yet. Hang in there uh, with me. Let's do the Let's do the objections, right? The first one is, well, we don't have to listen to the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians is written by the Apostle Paul, and so many people will come to the conclusion, people in our city, there's, there's people who are gathering on Sunday morning who will absolutely say, like, we don't really listen to the Apostles, right? And because the Apostles, they're not God. They're human. They're sinners. They're, they're fallible. They make mistakes. And so this is just a part of the Bible that they, they got wrong, right? So my response to that is, we can't pick and choose uh, what we listen to and what we don't listen to in the, in the Bible, right? The, the apostles wrote the majority of the, of, the, of the New Testament. And so if you reject the apostles' teachings, then you are ultimately rejecting Jesus because everything the apostles are writing about is just an extension of Jesus' life and Jesus' words, and so be careful if you land in that place. It makes sense how you could land in that place, but be careful. An apostle is not just anybody. There's nobody alive today that's an apostle. An apostle is somebody who saw the resurrected Jesus, and they were sent out by the resurrected Jesus. And so we want to, we want to stay close to what the apostles are teaching. The second objection that you're going to hear is that the phrase, keep silent, that's that's just for the Corinthian church. That, that's a really common response to our passage this morning. feels a little easier to digest. That doesn't apply to us in 2023. That's just the Corinthian church. And makes sense how you could land there because the Corinthian church was kind of wild. Like, we're 14 chapters in. All we've done is read about how they argue and fight and take each other to court and ignore each other and judge each other in their worship service. I mean, the worship service. The Apostle Paul has to say two people, three at the most. Like, I mean, he's just trying to, like, settle it down just a little bit. And so people are real quick to say, well, that's just for the Corinthian church. But here's the problem. All of Scripture is written in the context of culture. Right? And so if we're going to say, like, we don't have to listen to that because that's just for the Corinthian church in that culture, well, then what do you do when you come to other parts of the Bible that make us uncomfortable? Because there are around sex, marriage, money, heaven, hell. All of those areas were like, I don't know if I like that. Like, so it becomes a really slippery slope if you're picking and choosing on what you're going to listen to, and what you're not. In addition, if you saw at the end of verse 33, back in our other passage, the Apostle Paul literally writes to all 
the saints, to all the churches. And so it's not just for the Corinthian church. Third and last objection is that, well, these words could have been added later. This is also really common in our culture, in our city. God's word can't be reliable because who knows how much it's changed over the years, right? I mean, 2,000 years, like surely the, current, the Catholic church and things, like, you know, they, the response to that objection is that we have over 20,000 copies of the New Testament. 20,000 copies of the New Testament. And our passage this morning is in all those copies. Does that make sense? And, and they found copies at different times. Copies of the New Testament at different places, at different points in history. And they all include 1 Corinthians 14. Right? And so that gives evidence. If you only had one copy and two copies, and there could be inconsistencies. But in fact, we see a lot of copies. So those are the objections. Those are the responses. Maybe you have more. And you're like, I got another one. Maybe. But remember, there's a discerning process. Examining, we're inviting you to wrestle with God's word. God's word invites you to wrestle with God's word. Right? Uh, maybe you have a response to the responses. Good. It's good. It's good to ask these questions. But what we want to do is, what do you do with the passage? Why, why, why does he say keep silent three times? Why is it towards women? What are we supposed to take away from the passage? And, and I get it. I mean, there are some churches today where men sit on one side and women sit on the other side, and they think they're applying this passage. The women don't speak and and maybe you've been exposed to that context or you've been in that context, context. And so we're asking the question, what does God's word have for us today? First one. First one, when, when you look at our passage this morning or, or any passage, that context is king. And I hope you see, just looking at it briefly this morning in our passage, that order and clarity is the primary thing when he's... It, He's not picking on tongues and prophecy. Order and clarity is the primary thrust of our passage. The second response is that some cultural context does apply. It's, you don't want to ignore the culture. You don't want to make it all about the culture. But yeah, like the Corinthian church is struggling to have order and clarity. He repeats, keep silent three times. He introduces a weighing process, right? That, that there is a value of considering the culture. But in our next one, I think this is also an application for us today in 2023 because I don't think the, the challenge is as much for women as much as it is a challenge towards our men. And you're like, what? Stay with me, right? Stay with me. Write this down. When he introduces this concept, he's really playing on 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You can go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's playing on Genesis chapter 1 and 2. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, he's introducing order and clarity. In Genesis chapter 1, you see creation is spoken into existence. In Genesis chapter 2, you see 
humanity is the primary focus, and it begins with Adam. And Adam is given a spiritual responsibility of leadership in Genesis chapter 2. And then Eve is introduced to come alongside Adam as what's described as a helper. So that within the home life, like not just within the worship service, is there order and clarity, but in the home life, there's a spiritual leader and there's a helper so that there's order and clarity in the home as well. We don't have time to get into it this morning, but I understand that word helper sounds condescending towards women, but the Holy Spirit is described as helper, right? It's not meant to be condescending. It's meant to be complementary within the family unit. Even the idea of submission, right? The idea of complementing one another. Again, that sounds offensive to our ears today, but you see submission in the Trinity. Father, Son, and Spirit, there is submission, right? Even in our passage this morning, prophets are submitting themselves to prophets. So it's not a bad thing. It's about creating order and clarity in the home. So that even when you see that phrase, let them ask their own husbands, I get it. That doesn't sound good. I ask my own husband, uh, <laughs> like, what? Like, the connotation right off the bat, like, if you're reading that, it sounds like, am I incompetent? Does God's word think, think I'm incapable? And so I just want you to imagine how this scripture might be beneficial for us in a practical way, right? Everybody's on the edge of their seat. Yeah, How? How could this possibly be helpful? Well, imagine, if you will, you were in a worship service. And imagine, I know, this is going to be crazy, but imagine something was said that was uncomfortable. Imagine something was taught that made you have questions, that made you doubt God's word or doubt what that person... I know, that could never happen in North Village Church. But imagine that's taking place. In that moment, what do you do with that? You could come talk to me. Absolutely. Please don't take that away from our conversation. You know, don't come talk to me. He's talking about order in the worship service. Maybe don't do it right now, but that's not just for women. That's for men. Like, you know, we're not having a one-on-one, right? So you just... right. But if you have questions afterwards, phone, text, email, please know that's possible. That's encouraged, that's inviting. But imagine instead of coming to talk to me, imagine as a female if you went to your husband or you went to your father or a spiritual leader in your life that was that covering of spiritual leadership. I know, like why I got to go talk to them? I get it. But imagine if you did. Imagine you had those questions and your first thought was, I'm going to go ask my husband, my father, the spiritual covering in my life. Imagine the pressure that puts on the men in the body of Christ. Like even right now, like you just felt all the men in our church family get a little nervous. Like what? They're going to come and ask me. I mean, I didn't even think we should talk about this passage. Like... Like, you're the one that brought it up. Like, up to this point, like, every man was just like, man, I can't believe Michael's talking about that. That's crazy. wonder where I'm going to go swimming today. 
<laughs> right? Right? That Michael, he's going to have a lot of emails. But imagine, instead of asking me, you can invite him, but imagine if the men are being asked that question. Do you know what's going to happen? Like immediately, that man is going to start listening. From this point on, every man in our worship service just started listening with a different ear. Like, they weren't writing stuff down, and now they're like, what did he say? Can we go back to the other slides, right? Right, because the man now has to think. Like, the people in his life that he loves, they're asking him questions. They're asking for direction. They don't have to. They're capable, but they're inviting them to Like, now they have to wrestle with God's word. Now they can't blame the pastor. Now they have to think for themselves. Now they have to read. Now they have to pray. Now they have to click on links. Now they have to humble themselves. Oh, my gosh. Like, they got to humble themselves to maybe go ask for help to another man or another book or another resource so that they can enter into a decent dialogue with the women in their lives. Like, please know, in no way do I think that the passage is Paul's attempt to oppress women. It's inconsistent with the rest of his writings. It's not a tone of every one of his letters. In fact, it's the opposite. You see him constantly read the book of Acts. He's inviting women. He's unleashing women. He's empowering women. Like women are precious to God, male and female, made in the image of God. In no way is that the tone. But it's gotten a little crazy in the Corinthian church. And so he's trying to introduce order. He's trying to call them back to 1 Corinthians 11, to call them back to Genesis chapter 2, that there is a value for spiritual leadership of the men being able, being willing to step into that role. They didn't earn it. Men don't earn that role of spiritual leadership. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. They did, we did nothing to earn it or deserve it. He gives it. And so God's word is like, men, we need you. Don't just chuck it off to somebody else. You wrestle with God's word. Questions are being asked. What's going on? And I think, this is why I think the passage is, applicable today even in 2023 because i think the need for men being spiritual leaders in the home in the local church in the city in the world like never before like obviously i'm not talking about toxic masculinity dictator dominant abusive that's not on the table i'm talking about somebody who's a godly good man somebody of character somebody who prays for you like we need that we need that in our church family we need that in our city. We need that in the world. Like, gosh, we need that. And you think about it today, like, I think now more than ever, it's difficult for a man to know what contribution he has to offer in our culture. It's just gotten more blurry. What is my role? Should I speak up? I don't want to, right? And we, like, It's difficult for women to know what contribution a man has in their life. Like for most of human history, just generally speaking, I don't know if this makes sense, but a man would have offered value to a woman's life for provision and protection alone. I mean, just generally speaking, men generally, there's men, women that are very strong, but there's mostly men can, can protect and keep a female safe, provide shelter, provide food. Like a female having a godly good man in her life, she would have been thankful for. But today in 2023, we have social services. We have police. We have security cameras. We have Google. It's not as easy for a female to understand, why is this male in my life? 
Isn't that Gloria Steinem's famous quote? Right? A, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bike. Right? She popularized that, that quote. Right? Because it's hard for a woman to see. It's hard for a man to see. And so what God's word is introducing, well, what our culture needs today is for men to be spiritual leaders in the home. Not dictators, but a man who's praying to the Lord. The man who's offering a spiritual covering to his family. The man who's wrestling with God's word. Right? Who's enjoying God's word, reading God's word, loves obeying God's word. And what I think any female today would rejoice at that type of man in her life, right? That's why I think God's word is still beneficial for us today. The Apostle Peter picks this up, actually, in 1 Peter chapter 3. And this is so important. He says that when a man neglects to pray for his wife, when he neglects to listen to her, and care for her, and to provide that spiritual covering to treat her like a co-heir. This is God's word. Treat her like a co-heir to the grace of life. It says his prayers, the man's prayers, are hindered. That's how much God cares about the role of spiritual leadership in the life of a man, providing that covering over his home, that when that's neglected, he's got a problem. As a man this morning, if you're like, why isn't God moving in my life? I'd start there. I'd start there. All right, so that's the value. All right, it's, it's not about oppression. All right, I think he's, he's trying to create order. He's trying to get clarity. He's trying to call men, men to step into that role. Look, the conversation doesn't end there. If you're like, well, I still got some questions, we can talk. It'd be interesting to see what lunch is going to be like if you turn to the men in your life. Just see them, like, get real quiet, just like, uh, <laughs> all right? Uh, I, I think that would just make our church family stronger, but please know you can, you can also come talk to me. Let's look at verses 37 to 40 as he closes out. 37, he says, If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandment. You see that? But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Therefore, my brothers and sisters earnestly desire to prophesy. And do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things must be done properly and in an orderly way. Do you see the throwback to the apostles' authority? Like, be careful, church family, especially in our day when we're receiving content like never before. Be careful of the person who says, Apostle Schmossel, listen to me. Be careful. Be careful of the person who's wowing a crowd and gaining a following on Instagram with self-help help tips and, 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 and things like that. Like, be careful. We always want to be careful of anybody who's leading us away from God's word and leading us away from the teaching of the apostles, which point us to the glory of Jesus, right? And so what I want to do this morning is just kind of close reminding us of Jesus so our worship team, if you can come forward, we can lower these lights. Just want to acknowledge lots of thoughts. Primary goal this morning is not to talk about gender and ideology. It is to help us to hear about God's glory and to respond to God's glory. And so as a female right now, I just imagine there's questions. 
I'm just guessing there's a part of us maybe as you're seeing those words on the screen, even as we're inviting you to wrestle with God's word, maybe there's doubts. Does God really care about me? Maybe there's questions. Does God's word really care about me as a woman? I think it's possible in this moment that you could feel incredibly distant as a female, feel incredibly distant from God right now with questions like, does he see me? Does he know me? Does he care about me? And so I just say in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, he absolutely does. And you know that because Jesus has drawn near to you. He's taken on flesh for you. He's invited women in his life on earth. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's he's given himself. He's given you the body of Christ. And so absolutely, please hear that this morning as a female, that the Lord sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He wants you. He's gifted you. He's empowered you. He has good things for you. Please hear that. I think as a man this morning, there could be layers of insecurities. Maybe doubts in our head of like, well, I don't know the Bible well enough. And what's a spiritual leadership? And I don't have time for that. And I was just showing up to a worship service and I didn't realize what all this meant. And so I just want to remind you in the same way, in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, that God loves you, that Jesus has come for you, that he's given you his self, he's given you his spirit, he's conquered death for you. He's called you to himself. He's given you the body of Christ. He's empowered you. He's equipped you. He's enabled you. You absolutely have something to offer, a purpose. You're not the answer. You're just the one that's pointing everybody else to the answer. His name is Jesus. And so that's who we're responding to this morning. We're going to have people at the back to pray for you. It can be big things. It can be small things. It can be questions. It can be affirmations. It can be doubts. It can be encouragements. But please respond. Go to the people at the back. Come talk to me. Turn to Jesus. We thank you this this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive. In 2023, it is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is not absent. It is not indifferent. They're not hollow words. They're real words that are alive and meaningful for us today. We thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.